Matt, I don't care if it's one, two, or ten. That many frozen squirrels in your freezer is a problem, okay? <laughs> we need to talk I about this. I would agree. I would agree. Is it for <clears throat> food, or are you just experimenting? Uh, so I have a new dog, and he eats all natural. <laughs> I like that. That's a good. That's a good reason to have squirrels in your freezer. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Cops investigating is like, what's with uh, what's with all the squirrels in your freezer, dude? <laughs> just like, it's just scruffles, you know. He's he likes to eat <laughs> he likes to eat meat. He's got a very sensitive tummy, and uh -huh. he only likes squirrels. You got a taste for them, and now I just I like now to treat him. A taste for him, God, that's horrible. Well, I, <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure a dog would eat a squirrel if he could catch it. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, it's true. That's a good point. Ah, well, welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is episode 14 of the Level With Me podcast, hosted by extremely famous content creators, Matimio and Level Cap. I mean, we're just popping off these days. Yes. The driving best. our Lambos around the yes. Pacific Northwest. Just and by crazy. Lambo, he means 2002 Subaru. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're 2002. I'm 2014. Is that what you nice. drive, Matt? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets to, it gets to a zero to 60 eventually. Mm -hmm. It gets there. Yeah. yeah. Zero to 60 just at some point. Is it, is it's, an option. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's an option that can go. Yeah. You can go zero or sometimes you can go as fast as 60. <laughs> <laughs> Do you actually drive a 2002 Subaru? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. I should have, I should have known, you know. Uh, it's all right. You don't have to know every single aspect of my life. Just the fact that there's squirrels in my freezer, apparently. <laughs> squirrels, you drive an old Subaru. Uh, I feel like this is the making of some fun sort of Pacific Northwest horror film, you know. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, stuff has happened, man. I don't know if you've been reading the news, but, um, the guy who is like in charge of OpenAI, the company responsible for ChatGPT and the upcoming uh -huh. doom of the human race was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, ousted in a coup-ish type thing. Like, I have not, I have not been following this, so you're going to have to break it down for me. I mean, this is, it's pretty big stuff because everybody's following OpenAI because it's, one of the most advanced AI systems around Microsoft gave them like $10 billion or something like Jeez, they were supposed to be nonprofit, and I guess they kind of are ish, but it's also like Microsoft gave them $10 billion, like nonprofit yet. They have crazy bonuses and they, yeah, I, I hear you. Go on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very big air quotes around the nonprofit there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know enough about corporate structure, but however their company was structured was supposed to be in a way to create some sort of safe safety system so that no one person would have too much power over the company, okay. I guess, or something like that. That's what I read. And so the board voted to fire, um, what's his name? Sam Altman, who's like, he's like the dude that's been on the podcast doing the interviews, doing like repping the future of artificial intelligence they fired him from the company and apparently okay. all these a bunch of other people quit immediately after he was fired super unexpected and then uh now that apparently the board like realized that they they might lose their company because of firing him and now they're like they were trying to walk it back and then microsoft gave sam altman a job like today so he's going to run an AI division at Microsoft now, and he's bringing a bunch of like his top tech people with him. And then 
the ex-CEO of Twitch, I think it's Twitch, Twitch, is now running uh, OpenAI. And I don't know, it's just chaos. It's, it's creepy because it sort of seems like a coup, but you don't know why they fired him. The language they used was extremely vague. It was like he wasn't being sufficiently, like, candid with the board. And you're like, okay. Sufficiently mm -hmm. candid. Was he outright lying to you? Were you unaware of some directions? Was he trying to get tons of money and you were trying to keep it nonprofit? We don't know who the good guys or the bad guys are here, but something happened and it happened at like one of the most important companies in the world. And I don't know, it's freaking me out, man. Regardless of what the reason was, clearly the company was not being run very well. If out of nowhere, the board doesn't understand how loved he is that people are going to leave if he gets fired. And also... Like just, 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 it just sounds mismanaged from the top to the bottom, including yeah. what he, him too. Like if, if they, yeah, like if everyone's not on the same page, which clearly they weren't, that just sounds like mismanagement. Well, I think it's, I don't know if it's, if mismanagement is like quite a deep enough word because the division on what people want to do with AI and the safety mm -hmm. protocols has been like the main topic of debate, right? Is like. Do we progress forward full speed ahead and just kind of figure it out as we go and hopefully not die to some sort of super <laughs> intelligence that we build? Make, well, we're not, they're not making super, but keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, it's, that's like the, the argument, AI, right? Is like right. at the point that we figure out that we accidentally made super intelligence, it's like it was over yesterday, right? It's like, you're right. already done. Like don't, yeah, it's, it's, already taken, every, it's already, it's already gone on the internet. It's taken over, uh, you know, all of the power grids in the world. Yeah. And now we are, it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's our master now. Yeah. yeah we got to go you. back to the stone ages if we want to get away from it, basically. Like, yeah. do you like farming? You know, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> So, uh, but what I'm, what I, what people have brought up is that the corporate, the, the nonprofit corporate structure was designed in a way so that they could out the CEO or the person in charge if things were not going in a good direction or it was dangerous. Which seems reasonable. Right. But then they did. And now everybody's like, don't out and this guy up. and it's blowing up. And you're like, well, was he a bad guy in the first place? We don't really know because nobody's really saying anything concrete. They're saying not sufficiently candid. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is this the guy who runs around with like a uh, a backpack where he can like nuke his own servers? Uh, that might. Uh, I know I, there I, I is a dude, this, like, is there a guy article. with a kill switch or something? <laughs> yeah, he has a kill switch for his own company, basically, where he just, there's explosives <laughs> or something, uh, and it will just take out hit the servers that are in charge nice. of his AI or something. I'd love to see the, uh, the insurance, uh, how much they pay for insurance right? to have, like, C5 placed around their server farm. <laughs> The engineer's I like, actually, don't hit that I, I button over there. Or we all die. Like, yeah, I doubt it's to that extent. It's probably something, you know, like more. A robot pulls a plug out of the wall or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the but Roomba turns on and pulls the plug out of the wall and all the servers mm -hmm. turn off. Yeah. Yeah. Little do, they, little do they know the AI is taking over the Roomba. Yeah. yeah that's the yeah. thing. It's got to mm -hmm. be some sort of, yeah. The kill switch is going to be controlled by the AI, right? It you could press, be. It could be something. It could it's literally over. just be, it dumps, you know, some sort of like water, not water, but some sort of liquid onto the servers. And then, uh, that causes all of them to. 
You're thinking to way haywire. too crazy, Matt. You just cut the power. You don't need to like physically destroy all the hardware. <laughs> like the that's what they described it as. Literally destroy. Oh, really? Yeah. Set up some I sort of so. super magnet bomb in there that like wipes all the Who hard knows? drives or something. I'm thinking I, I read fantasy. Okay. It's got to be severe. It's got to be wild. It's got to be It couldn't crazy. be a digital kill switch though, because if the computer takes over everything, it owns the kill switch now, right? True. It figured True. out. So you'd have to have like a smoke signal or like shoot a f arrow with fire into the <sighs> air. And then like some dude who works there is like, pull the plug. God, oh, God the beacons yeah. on it. <laughs> yes. The beacons. Exactly. <laughs> They got enough money. They got billions from Microsoft. Why oh, not sure. just build I'm a sure really they could make as many beacons system. as they wanted from from here to the other side of the planet, you know? And hire the people to actually do it too. Yeah. So that's the latest everybody's heard about it. I was like playing at a playground and I just started talking with some other like dad on the playground about it. <laughs> Little Timmy comes up, hey, you hear about the yeah. AI? I was telling all the kids, <laughs> terrifying them about their future in which they will all be slaves to their machine overlords. Yep. Cute little batteries. Yep, yep. Oh, God. <laughs> God damn it. That's horrible. Yeah, that was kind of one of the worst plots of The Matrix was like that they would use this for batteries. I was like, it's this a little makes silly. no sense. Yeah, it doesn't Just make any sense at all. Yeah. Build a tower that goes above the clouds. There, there you go. Now put some solar yeah. panels on there. <laughs> or it, yeah, it's, it doesn't make any sense. No, no. We're going to make the most advanced simulation ever and farm people. on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you can build a tower that tall, just build the tower with solar panels on it. Makes Come on. it pretty cool, though. It's a cool story. Yeah. I liked it. Wind power. There seem to be a lot of storms in the future. You know? Just... No, it's only solar. <laughs> people. No people geothermal, are... no nuclear, nothing. Just just solar and, and people. Yeah. Well, also, it's like people aren't, we're not um, cold fusion, you know? No. We, we don't just generate more power than we consume. And they're no. like, yeah, but then we feed people to people. And you're like, yeah, but you, also, you're not. Also, what are they feeding the people? They're feeding the people people. But what I'm saying what? is that, yeah, but it's not a cold fusion reaction where you get more energy than you put in, right? right. You're never, you got to grow something somewhere. You got to like, was, yeah. So there in Warhammer 40k, there is, I think it's called like death. Oh, what is it? It's some, basically they eat people, right? Uh -huh. uh, and it's a, a death starch, I think is what it's called. And my thought is, okay, that's fine. Which I mean, it's not fine, obviously, but this <laughs> is like a big part of their universe, but you can't just eat people like you, there has to be something else because like it, the amount of energy it takes to make an adult is a lot of energy and that has to come from somewhere like you yeah know, food <laughs> so you can't just eat people to sustain people right like it has yeah to, it's a me? net negative system for energy right. and output you know right. like it, it's silly exactly. it, there needs to be something coming into the system like resources from the planet and the sunlight and whatever that is producing mm -hmm. extra energy. Something. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I know. Uh, the major is even when I was a kid watching that, I was like, I don't quite get it. <laughs> like, I mean, it's you... terrifying, but yeah. Oh, it's fun. Visually. You're just like, yeah. this is a nightmare. You know, I like how we go from AI to literally the matrix. This is great. Well, I mean, it's the same thing, right? Yeah, you pretty know. much. Yeah, machine, AI the machine taking uprising, taking over the world. Yeah, yeah. If you think about it, like they could obliterate us without needing all the cool hovercrafts and like sentinel squid robots. Like that part is just for fun, right? That like, is that is really just the fun part, right? Yeah, they're having a good time. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like, you guys want to make some flying squids that just kill everybody? <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> that seems sweet. Let's give them, like, radars, and instead of, like, guns that would kill them, we'll just pull them apart limb from limb. You're like, okay. Jesus. Yeah, that seems like an efficient weapon. Why not? Uh-huh. It'll scare the crap out of everyone. <laughs> it will make so much that will just overwhelm them, even though yeah. they have, like, you know, Gatling guns and stuff like that. Also, why do you need that many squids? No wonder you needed so many people to power your thing. Because, I mean, you got like an army of like a billion squids and one EMP kills like 10,000 of them, you know. To manage the farms, man. You know, maybe that's maybe that's what their actual primary function is, is not to take out the humans. It's to manage the farm. They're basically just farmers throwing themselves at the human scourge. Yeah. I think we should just regularly... Do deep dives on like 2000s era film trilogies Probably and stuff, should. you know. We can yeah. do Lord of the Rings next. We'll save that for oh. next episode. Okay, I'm down. <laughs> so you're looking forward to uh, the day before releasing I... on December 7th? Yeah, yes. Do you think it exists? I think something exists. And I think it's going to be massively disappointing. <laughs> yeah. I think you're probably right. I think there is a game, but what the game is, is not what they're representing and showing off. Well, also, did you see the latest trailer that they showed off or whatever it was? Gameplay demo. I did. Yeah. And before we get any further, day before is like a zombie apocalyptic game where you are. It's kind of, they describe it as it's, it's kind of a blend of Tarkov and uh, the last of us. And you're in a city, you're scavenging for resources. There's other players who are also scavenging for resources. You could maybe get in conflict with them. You got to fight zombies. So it's like basically the game everyone's been kind of waiting for in terms of zombie apocalyptic games. But also a very generic mashup of every popular zombie-related genre, Mm -hmm. right? It's like Daisy meets every other zombie game you ever thought about. You're just (laughs) like, yeah, it's all the stuff you guys want, and we're making it. Trust us. Yeah, trust, trust. I mean, they even had like yeah. the so you know the Snowpiercer games with all like the mud and the and how mud shifts around and that will affect the vehicle. They okay. had like that in the trailers. Like you have that entire system. Yeah, like, an entire game is dedicated to just this. Yeah, you're like that's the thing that they built proprietary technology to make a a game around. And they're like, we yeah. also have that. And you're like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, mm, sure you do. Okay, well I'll believe yeah. it when I see it. Well, so some of the controversy for people who are like, what are you guys even talking about? Was when they announced this game, there was a trailer for it that looked very promising. It looked pretty incredible. And a lot of people were like, this feels like just a trailer and not like if they actually made this game, it's going to be huge. But the company had some history and it didn't seem like what they were producing was something like a realistic product that they were actually making. And then sure enough, there was like a little bit of gameplay showcase stuff later and it looked very just like asset flippy and I was talking to some devs about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking to some devs and the run animations are all just stock run animations and everything. And so it was like, it was like, okay, so is there even a game here or are they just making Unreal Engine trailers basically? Well, it goes further than that too, because they're using assets from like the store you can just buy which isn't inherently a bad thing there's that's no, okay i'm fine with that uh, if you make a good game yeah they're used they're doing that but then that you go like deeper and they they copy like other trailers almost like frame by frame but in their own engine they yeah. copy dialogue from other trailers like it came out that they've copied pretty much word for word from red dead redemption 2 and cyberpunk uh, like certain snippets and then just like wove that into what? their i didn't trailer. catch that part oh, that's yeah, amazing yeah. 
hundred percent, basically word for word, little, not like, not like an entire paragraph, but like in a sentence here, a sentence there. And it's literally word for word. My and God. all of these things by themselves is it's like, it's like, okay, that's a little strange, but you put them together and it's starting to form a picture that this game is probably uh, not what they're claiming. If that's the foot that they're leading with, you know, and then you're like, okay, well, what's the gameplay going to be like? I imagine it's yeah. going to be just as crappy as those as those copied trailers, you know? It's going to yeah. be, like, barely functional and almost certainly no, like, interesting balance or direction with the gameplay. But uh, I'm going to get my popcorn are... ready for December 7th, you know? Either way, yeah. it's going to be entertaining. I'll probably play it and check it out. Sure. Once again, like it has a lot of neat ideas and cool yeah. things, but I just, I don't know if I believe it. I don't even know if I would call it ideas versus just like, let's just take all the stuff everybody else is True. doing. You know, it's a neat stolen ideas from every other genre. I mean, not to say that other games aren't just all Rehashing repeats of, of the same ideas. ideas, but yeah, I just have a feeling that because everything else seems to be sort of stolen for, as an idea or a concept from something else, I can't imagine the game has its own unique direction to it other mm -hmm. than like, let's put like, do like Bugattis into uh, this overground yeah, city. That? I know. What was that? They're like, do, uh, you like cool cars. People like cool cars. Four's as big right now. Let's put Bugattis mm -hmm. into the zombie game. You're like, okay. I mean, I don't yeah, know if that would be one, my the car vehicle of choice. I would want to drive. Yeah, the one vehicle I'd want to drive around in an apocalyptic situation where it's going to be difficult to move around regardless is a Bugatti. Yeah, something super loud, uh, not suited for off-roading at all. At all, yeah. <laughs> Limited storage capacity. Yeah, is if anything's on the road in. at all, you can't just like go over it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it makes sense as an apocalypse. I'd rather have a Toyota Corolla than a Bugatti in the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. at least much. one will go several hundred miles before I need to refuel it. You know, the mm -hmm. Bugatti's like, yeah, I only use like premium fuel, or the engine explodes or something. And that's the thing that always bugged me about. I mean, it doesn't really bug me, but fuel doesn't last. It doesn't last forever. And yeah. so when you're like 10 years in the future, it's like all the fuel is now worthless. You have to somehow be able to refine it again or something. I don't know. But it doesn't last very long. I mean, if if enough people died so that all the gas stations were still full of gas and all the cars still had gas in the gas tanks, that could probably last you a while. But well, no, I think I think the gas itself degrades. Oh, so does, it does it? it? Yeah, it, it it turns into sludge, I think. I don't yeah. I don't know the science. Behind we're talking it, but about it, um, petrol for anybody in the UK. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Gasoline is how we refer to it in the uh, the old United States. I'm sorry, aluminium for all of you. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love the difference between it's one word, aluminum. No, 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 no. Aluminium. Yeah. The first time I heard a British person say aluminium, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I have no idea what element this is. I was legitimately confused. Aluminium. Yeah, no, it's it sounds completely different. It sounds like unobtainium. You know, you're just like, whoa, there's <laughs> yeah, a new element I haven't even heard of. It. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so uh the day before, mm -hmm. generic name, generic trailer, uh creepy company that nobody really trusts. I yeah. mean, the odds the of it being a thing are pretty low, but everybody's yeah. everybody's gonna make fun of it if it's terrible. And Imagine if it's good. Imagine if, if it's they good, then we win, amazing. right? Then it's yeah. great. But the fact that they're also like trying to get unpaid 
work yeah. as well. It's like, mm, okay. You guys is there are, some sort is, of like crazy pre-order thing for it too? Probably, right? I don't right? even know if you could have pre-ordered it because it was off Steam for a while because they didn't own the copyright to oh, the day before. Yeah. Was the, um, isn't that only up game? Didn't they remove the copywritten assets and then... Is it called oh, Only know. Up? Is that what I, the one that everyone oh, was streaming? I think, yes, Only Up. I played that. I think he yeah. so he had to remove it and then bring it back. Yeah, change some things because he didn't he didn't own all the assets, and then he took it down. I think because he was he just didn't like the the stress of it all and the criticisms <laughs> and everything. That's so insane, reminds, man! Reminds me of Flappy. Remember Flappy Bird back in the day? Oh, did that guy remove that too? Yeah, dude, I don't. That's so wild to me. It's like you make a game, you spend all that time making a game, and then you're like people are upset about random things that I can't handle the social media side of it. So I'm going to just remove the game and, and call it quits. It's, it's wild, man. You know, mental health is important. And if that's what they needed to do, but it is, uh, pre- yeah. I, don't, I don't know how much time this guy spent on Only Up. I, I'm not, not trying a, to just, dis- yeah. I'm not trying to dismiss his work, but. That was literally just throwing assets on and you <laughs> jump just from floating asset in to air. Asset. He didn't like yeah. put a lot of thought into like, how no. could I make an interesting tower? It's like, uh, let's just throw some chess pieces and some giant feet in there and whatever, yep. you know? <laughs> yep. Pretty much. It's a game. Trust me. But I mean, I think they made pretty good money on it. I would imagine they did Re- at least a little bit of money. Was it like five bucks or something? I think five to ten dollars it wasn't expensive yeah but everybody bought it because they like wanted to do the challenge because it was the meme it's pretty wild dude it's pretty wild to see a game like that become the next meme game yep so what have you been playing <laughs> oh, all sorts of games i've been playing age of empires 4 dlc because i i like real-time strategies robo quests is Call that a new Duty. dlc for age of empires yeah, it just came out. Yeah. So okay. they added the Byzantine Empire and the uh, Japan, uh, Japanese factions. Cool. And it's cool. The Byzantine Empire allows you to put down basically uh, aqueducts. Aqueducts. I never know yeah. how to pronounce that word. And then um, that be- like uh, benefits the people around you. You make olive oil. And that it's a unique resource only to that faction, which allows you to get like mercenaries and you can choose between which olive merc- oil gets you mercenaries. Yeah, apparently I guess they just love the, you know, lube like ready the for salt, battle. salt trade or something, you know, it's yeah. like whoever owns the salt controls <clears throat> the world. It's like uh, dune or whatever. Control the yeah. spice, right? And so it's, it's cool. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm terrible at the game. I when I originally played it, when it came out, I wasn't even good. And now getting back into it, I'm still bad. But I got to gold, which was fun in ranked. So I'm a gold one right Age now. Age of Empires has ranks for the. Yeah, they got ranks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They added it after release, so I never there was never ranked at launch, and I never played it until until now. Okay. Yeah. It's I mean, it's a pretty I, wild I, game. I like Age of Empires. I just didn't realize that there was actual um like competition serious yeah. competition around it that's interesting yeah. i mean it's not like starcraft but way more complicated the amount of things that you're having to juggle. i mean well maybe complicated in other ways because it's more like yeah. a macro game there's still a ton of micro too yeah micro it's more intensive for starcraft yeah, while this sure. is you know you've got you, you really just have to work on your production you know having the right buildings ready to go making sure that those buildings are good for countering the people that he's got then building all of those units so that you know you're ready for an attack or you know go and pushing it there is so much to manage 
Yeah. <clears throat> Is StarCraft still big in Korea? I think so. Yeah. Do you think that game fell off here because it was too hard for the average player to relate? I think it was too... Well, I don't know if it's too hard. I think it's just... There's the whole ladder anxiety. um, Yeah. Because it's a 1v1. And when you lose, it's your fault. It's no one else's fault. And I think that's maybe why MOBAs have succeeded while real-time strategy Mm. games have maybe fallen off a little bit. Because you can blame yourself, and usually it is your fault for maybe why you lost in League of Legends, but you got other four other people that it could have been, that could have also contributed to that loss. That's true. Team sports yeah. are generally, I don't know if I'd say they're generally more fun to watch, but I end up mostly watching team sports. Nah, that's not true. I watch F1, so that's... It's a, they have teams, quote unquote, but it's really mm-hmm. more like, you have your the guy that you race with and <laughs> like... Are you friends? Maybe, maybe not. It's really about maybe not. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. So I, I don't think I don't think it's necessarily because it's too hard. I think yeah, I do think maybe it's hard to say. We could, I mean, when I played StarCraft, the way I played versus watching uh-huh. the pros was like we may as well be playing different games entirely. They are completely different games. Yeah, yeah. And the macro micro balance in StarCraft is something that. My brain just couldn't, it felt like stress to my brain to even try and engage on those levels because you're like, okay, I got to be aware of like what my resource gatherers are doing while Mm -hmm. I'm also moving units around at breakneck speeds in the middle of a battle and my opponent is doing both at the exact same time better than me. And so like I'll win a battle and then I'll be like, great, you won that battle, but you spent so much time focusing on troop management that... Uh, I've got like 10 times more units than you now because I did the economy while you were fighting that battle. I'm like, great, uh-huh. great. It's why I like to play um, Myth 2 back in the day from Bungie because it was, you got a, it was an RTS game in the heyday of RTS games, basically, okay. but there was no um, base mechanics. You didn't have a base in it. You just had an army. And so you would march it around the map and the maps were kind of cool you could have like 3v3 maps or like or free-for-all maps so was there any way to replenish your units at all it's like or that once they got taken out that was it um in single player you could find more units you know around the map like you could with a traditional rts but i don't think there was too many replenish mechanics in multiplayer so yeah it was sort of like yeah you had to use them wisely you could set up booby traps and lure somebody into a battle and then like there'd be explosives on the ground and blow the whole thing up or something like it'd be yeah i kind of like that because i let it was simple enough for my brain and then starcraft was like the big one i'm like how is this the biggest one i my brain can't even handle this game like it's way too much that's how i felt like because that's how I felt because the matches can last 40 to 50 minutes in Age of Empires. Oh my and God. And I, I think to myself halfway, I'm like, I literally have to like breathe. I have yeah. to like breathe in, be like, okay, relax, chill out. It's okay. And then <laughs> think about what I need to build and then build those units and then just keep it pumping. It's yeah. It's, yeah. it's not it's a exhausting. chill game. It's not no. chill. Like you think like a first person shooter would be the high intensity. But, like, I can relax way more playing, like, Battlefield than I could, like, StarCraft, you know? Maybe if I played more, I could get into a groove where things could become much more automatic of what I need to do. But when you're still learning, you constantly have to think all the time of what do I need to do, what needs to happen, and it's just, it's stressful. That's fair. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm just so used to shooters, too, that I don't 
I'm you sort of just relaxed it with it a little bit more. Yeah. It's possible yeah. that other people are like sweating and white knuckling it the whole way through. <laughs> Speaking of sweating. Modern yeah. Warfare, tell me Modern more, Warfare 3. Woo! So we didn't get to talk about it much last time because yeah. um, Johnny didn't seem interested, which is totally cool. I completely <laughs> understand. But yeah, no, I you... mean the, the most generic uh call of duty game yeah it's like here's it's like the last one you're like how is it different i don't know just play it yeah <laughs> i wanted to mention though the progression have you heard about the progression system in that game yet um i didn't get deep into it i've played it a little bit but not okay. deep enough to really understand the long-term progression stuff well so normally when the progression is you get to the max level and then you, you unlock everything right you've or at least you've unlocked most stuff right you should, but you should have all the gadgets you should have all the weapons you should have everything at your disposal uh you might have to level up the weapons to get the attachments but you're good to go in this game they've added in challenges those challenges are the only way, daily challenges, I might add. Oh are my the God, only this way. is like a Battlefield system, dude. Uh, kind it's like of. A, it's like when Battlefield was like, we're going to do progression and everybody's like, great. And then they're like, here's our progression. And it was like these oh. horrible challenges where you had to like yes. get yeah. headshots while sitting on a flag and prone or something like that. And you're like, this makes no sense. I hate it. Yeah, but those were that was more for like weapon skins and stuff. This is for like yeah. unlocking kill streaks and gadgets and things oh, that no. will allow you to. It's bad. Yeah. So you only get three daily challenges a day, or like every twelve hours or something. I don't remember. It's okay. So you and you 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 some of them require eight eight challenges to unlock. Like some of the kill streaks require eight. Now, once you've completed all of them, you can then get a win, and that will count towards the challenge. But that means you basically need to get eight wins, which isn't guaranteed, right? Like you can mm -hmm. have, you can go on a long lose streak, yeah. and it, it could take you hours just to get one thing unlocked mm. along the line. The ones and, that are also reliant on your team performing too, and you're like, yeah. I have no control over that. I have a tiny bit of control over this, but really not. Yeah. 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 And some of the challenges require gadgets that you can only unlock. With challenges. <laughs> it seems weird that they're trying to change it now because I feel like the previous games were more or less fine, right? Like they weren't, mm -hmm. like there was grindy to get the skins, but to get the actual stuff you needed, it was just like play a bunch and you'll get it eventually. It just seems like more and more for retention, right? They're just trying to think yeah. of more ways to keep people engaged for longer. It's like, oh, they're just cruising through this at Mach Five. What can we do to slow them down? Yeah, and this is and this is their solution, and it's not enjoyable at all. It just it just feels like a wall for no reason oh, no. other than for engagement. I will say I was a bit tickled by playing the old maps remastered. It's fun. The actual gameplay is pretty fun. The maps are good too, and they yeah. um they evolved them in cool ways too. I I enjoyed some. Uh, I don't remember the names of any of them, but uh -huh. you know, there's the one where the the tank escort mission in the city. Oh, the war map. Yeah. Yeah, that one, like, I remember the, playing that map a billion times, you know, and, like, it was a good map, and then seeing how it evolves into the missile silo and all that, I was like, oh, this is this is a fun way to evolve the map and sort of relive the classics, but in a new way. Like, I can yeah. appreciate some of that stuff. Um, and that was the original Modern Warfare map, not Modern Warfare 2. Oh, was it? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So they kind of blend. And I think it also, so the, the, the first part or the first part I think is brand new. And then it goes into crossfire. I think it was crossfire. 
That was the original Modern War. And then it transfers on over into like the silo section. And that top silo, I think, is also a Modern Warfare one Okay, map so it's like blending a couple below. of maps together. Yeah. Okay. It was neat. I thought it was cool, too. It's a cool idea. Can I tell you something embarrassing about... I'd love to hear it. I spent like 15 to 20 minutes trying to figure out how to buy Modern Warfare 3. Because on Battle.net... Okay. The the actual thing just says Modern Warfare. Oh. And then like, but the logo is like the Modern Warfare 3 cover art, but it just says Modern Warfare. It doesn't say 3. And I was like... Yeah, it's confusing. I was so confused. <laughs> I was like, am I buying a different game right now? Do I already own this? What is happening? It says it's new, but I'm like, the new game is Modern Warfare 3. What is there something it's, that I what is what's happening, Matt? It's basically a platform on a platform. So you've got the Battle.net launcher, and then mm -hmm. on top of that, you've got then the Call of Duty like launcher platform, which you can then switch between all their like latest Call of Duty games. It's a mess. Yeah. I don't know why they designed it the way that they did. It's like I've already got your launcher with the game. Why do I have to then launch another launcher? Essentially, okay. Just confirming it's not just me because it's I feel just like. You. I should be a person who knows how to buy a video game pretty easily. Yeah. And I was like, am I about to drop like 70 bucks or whatever the heck they're charging for that game on like the wrong Call of Duty? I don't know what I'm buying right now. So yeah. confusing, man. Uh, <clears throat> it's not yeah. great. Well, I did sort of, because I was um, researching it for something and uh, you try and look up stats or reviews on like Modern Warfare 3, but if you type the 3, it finds the old one. But if you type III, it finds the new one. So that's the difference, in case you were wondering. Matt. Ah, okay. We're not playing Modern Warfare 3, we're playing Modern Warfare III. 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 I think is how I. you have to say it, yeah. Yes. I'm sure that's how the gruff Call of Duty people would say it too. Yeah. From the campaign. What do you think about it getting the worst reviews out of any Call of Duty ever? Uh, it's, I mean, I think it's probably deserved because this is the, this is the safest Call of Duty and the least impressive in terms of like new things to enjoy and experience. The core gameplay I think is better than Modern Warfare 2. So it's kind of ironic that that's the case because I actually like the core gameplay loop when I'm actually in there playing. Mm -hmm. uh, but campaign was terrible. There was atrocious and I think that's probably what's bringing it down. And I also think that it's a little bit of a bandwagon effect. I think that people um like yeah, this is bad and then everyone just kind of piles on to it a little bit. Yeah. It's bad. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's 2 or 4 out of 10 bad like yeah. people are claiming. I don't think it's that bad, but it's definitely the one of the weaker Call of Duties they've ever made, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you in that I, I the mechanics, the actual running and gunning mechanics of the game feel uh -huh. better than most CODs I've played. It just feels a little bit more dialed in to what I like. Uh-huh. Except I'm going up against a lot of controller players and I can feel it, you know, where yes. I'm tracking somebody and then they just turn around and laser beam me and I'm like, what is like I see my bullets like mostly on target, but some missing, and then they just like hit me with every single shot. And I'm and I know and I'll see the match before we start, and it's like everybody's on controller, and I'm just like, oh boy, here we go. And it's yeah. just it's it's tough. Yeah. 
I you, you see gameplay clips going around and you see like professional like pro Call of Duty players and you'll watch their crosshair and they'll be meeting a guy and then once the player dies their their crosshair flies across the screen you're like oh oh it was locking mm. on and then when they once they got taken out it flew to the side so it's it's helpful it's aim assist and it's the world we live in now with these cross platform uh, I think one of the, like a really big prominent Call of Duty player who's incredible on mouse and keyboard. He even came out and said that there should be some aim assist for mouse and keyboard. And I don't know if I agree with him, but clearly there is there's a lot of discussion out there when with relation to the two different yeah. sides. Right? I think we talked about this a little a couple episodes yeah. ago, and it's like we ultimately came to the conclusion of like we don't know what the solution is, but everybody sees that there's a problem. You know? Yeah. It's like you either add aim assist to PC, which seems like just Everything's just going to get to a point eventually where we're all just like, press E to kill bad guys. Yeah, you know? press E, look at the enemy, press button, <laughs> they die. It's yeah. all going to become quick time events where it's like, oh, press Y, press press B, you know, or uh, press your buttons in the right sequence to kill the enemy. It's going to be... Uh... I'd be okay if they just removed things like aim punch and stuff like that when you get hit. Because on PC, I feel like I'm affected by it more than a controller because when they get aim punched... I feel like it just kind of locks back on, not locks on, obviously, but it, it kind of drags it more yeah. towards. But when you get when it happens on mouse and keyboard, like you, it doesn't. So you kind of have to compensate for it, but it's random. So it's really hard to compensate for it. You don't know when it's going to occur and then you miss your shots and then obviously you lose. So, yeah, those kind of discrepancies are a little bit frustrating. And there's dispar there's disparities in the actual weapon recoil mechanics too between systems as well, where they're like, well, ah. this gun should be easier to use on that because the recoil is harder to control on console or whatever. So we're going to make it easier or harder on depending on a different platform. But of course, it doesn't work out well. And then you get yeah. weapon groups that are like inferior on one platform compared to another platform, and mm -hmm. it's kind of a it's kind of a mess. You know, I love that crossplay. I love the the possibilities of crossplay, and I'm I'm glad it's being added to more games like Battlefield and stuff because I really do think it opens up the franchise to be less kind of like yeah I'm on Xbox, well I'm on PlayStation, well I'm on PC. It's like no, who cares? Let's all just play together, and if they can, I like, yeah, I like it. I I agree. I think being able to play with anyone and play with your friends on any platform is awesome. There's going to be problems that we've experienced, but I do think for the for the most part, it's a it's a net benefit. Yeah, it's just, I would say it's a net benefit in the overall gaming sphere, but it does make me not want to play Call of Duty, to be honest. Fair. <laughs> like, fair. I think so I would, would probably be playing twice as much Call of Duty if I knew I was always on equal footing with other players. Okay. You know? Well, so then that, that gets to the whole, like, how did you, what did you feel like was, did you like this the matchmaking system? Because there's a lot of talk about the skill-based matchmaking stuff. I don't know. Of course. I'm not really... I did feel like I was um, always up against players at my level. Like, uh -huh. sometimes I'd be at the top of the scoreboard, but usually kind of in the middle somewhere, you know? Yeah. Uh, it would fluctuate kind of like that. I'd be middle, top-ish middle, middle, you know? And so it, I wasn't sure if the matchmaking was maybe if I was just having good games or if I was... Um, being matched if it was kind of like trying to find my spot you know it's like hey you're doing too good let's let's bump you up a notch and yeah. now you're middle of the road again you know um, I've so never been a fan theories. of it I've never been a fan of the concept of it even if it's 
regardless of how strong it is working conceptually, mm -hmm. I don't like the idea because it will always put you in a situation where you feel like you have to try hard. And you're like, you know what? I want to run a bolt-action sniper rifle on a CQB map and just have fun. Okay, well, See, if you're up against all the really top-end players that are kicking your butt and trying to play at your level, that's going to be a pretty unenjoyable experience. Whereas if you're in a more right. open server with varying levels of skill, you might get a couple of lives or kill sprees where you're like, whoa, this is working really well. And then other times where you just get dunked on. But at least it's not... I don't know. I like variability well, in the couldn't experience. You, couldn't you? So I, I agree. I, I think that there needs, to, but couldn't you say that? So you don't want to sweat all the time, is what you're saying, right? That's the whole the term that everyone uses. I don't want to sweat twenty four seven using the meta loadouts and stuff, right? Yeah, because to me, shooters are um, a relaxing game, which maybe okay. is weird. Maybe that's not what they are for everybody. But for me, I like to hop on and. Just kind of have fun with it you know sometimes now, you can dial it up a little bit if you're feeling like in the zone but i like to just chill and play no so i i hear you but the little play devil's advocate yeah if you are let's say you're not very good at the game and you're just playing and you go against someone who is playing casually but they're way better than you because they're in your matchmaking aren't you going to feel like they're sweating and you have to sweat to compete i see what you're saying um it's not, it, it wouldn't bother me if, if that guy I ran into was not every player on the server, if that makes sense. Right, right, right. But let's say they're in a server and they're the bottom, they're the, they're the bottom of the, your bell curve, right? And they're just not great, but they're not terrible, but they're not great, but they're going against you who are on the higher end of the, you know, average shooter experience when they go against you because it's just random, right? Doesn't that make their experience more sweaty because everyone just is inherently better at the game than them yeah i think the gameplay experience um is different for different skill levels right because i don't mm -hmm. think that every single person is like if you're if you're a high skill player you're not going to run into a lot of people that are way better than you right you right. might you might every now and then but for the most part it's going to be rare you'll be at the top of the food chain and then if you're a yep. medium skill player you could be running into better and worse players. And if you're a low skill player, I mean, it's just going to be a different experience for you. I think low skill players, either you're going to get better very quickly if you stick with it, or if you're not going to get better, then you just have to be more comfortable with a negative KDR. And there's a lot of people I know that enjoy <clears throat> games where you can contribute in other ways too, like mm -hmm. healing, reviving, distributing stuff. And I think shooters have gotten better at that where they're like, yeah, if you're not like the fastest on the draw or the most accurate, you can still be a valuable member of your team. And so I feel like low skill players can enjoy the game too. Um, but do you see where I'm kind of coming, going from with that? I do. Um, I just f always feel like having the variety, you know, I don't, I don't mind. Oh, I like a, the I am, idea I of with, seeing I'm with, I'm sweaty with and seeing low skill, but yeah, if you're low skill, you're not going to see a lot of lower skilled players, right? You're going to either see matched equally matched players or better players, right? I guess the point I'm trying to make is that having it could be completely random. Maybe is it, necessary but having something that's a little bit more varied would be fine i think the debate about the matchmaking system in call of duty is that it's just not done properly or it's not done great so that it just feels like either the games are way too close all the time and you feel like you really do have to try hard 
all the time because yeah. it's nice to have some variance every once in a while. You know, having a person on the enemy team who's, who's kicking ass, that's fine. Having some people on, you know, on the other team that are maybe a little less worse than you, that's that feels good to have that variance. Um, I just disagree with the notion that, or I don't completely disagree with the notion, but having those people at the bottom just always being at the bottom and never having a game with people around their same skill level. Um, I, I just feel like that'd be really frustrating for them. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I think some games actually have the like low newbie skill lobbies. bracket. Yeah. The newbie lobbies and then everybody else is like more free for all or something. Right. Um, that, that makes sense to me, especially if you're trying to slowly ease people into your game that might be complicated to them. You don't want yeah. them to just get slapped around for the first couple hours that they play and hate it. So also, new, yeah, in, yeah. in very few situations in life, do we ever not have skill brackets? Like if you join a basketball league or something or you, 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 you know, you don't have Little League going against the MLB, right? Like it, there's always going to be ways for you to learn the sports or learn whatever you're doing with against people that are relatively around your same skill level. There's always going to be some variance there, but they're not, you're not going against high schoolers when you're in middle school, right? Yeah. And I think it, uh, I think for different types of games, the difference is very drastic. So like if I went and tried to play basketball with one of the best NBA players, like I wouldn't score a point on him, right. you know, like right. it would be, complete shutdown not even yeah. it wouldn't be a game you know it'd be like him like what are you doing and me falling on my face yes but in say call of duty you can get a kill here and there on a better player right even on a player that's much better than you sometimes mm -hmm. you just drop in behind you, just him, get, you get lucky, lucky yeah, whatever you get lucky yeah so i think in those games you have a little bit more leeway whereas if you were playing like a combat flight simulator, well, you're never going to win against the better pilot, like mm -hmm. pretty much ever. They're going to just dunk on you the whole time. So um, in those situations, you could see like, yeah, maybe skill bracket makes more sense in those in those types of situations. I feel like there's more flexibility in the shooter world uh, to have more open games, right? Where you have greater variety of skill levels. I know, no, but no, maybe I that's my I'm... battlefield background too, where yeah. COD is very much like run your route, peek your corners. It's a casual Stay... game too. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I'm, I realize I'm playing devil's advocate because I find the whole topic fascinating. I love the, the conversation from both sides because I think both sides get a little crazy. Yeah. Um, I think that the skill-based matchmaking in Call of Duty, the reason why it's so controversial right now is that it's not really done very well and it could probably use some improving. One thing is that absolutely needs to prioritize ping and connection uh yes yeah. you should try to i think i think getting people around your level is fine but it really needs to prioritize your ping it sucks if you are at that high level and it's always putting you against people that are like across the world because that's all it can find that around your level right that that's not that's not fun uh and i do think they need to widen the bracket right like it just shouldn't be so i think they should match make some people with common interests so that common interests so that the voice comms can just be more pleasant you know oh, oh yeah yeah that would be nice too. forget skill just do like uh do you guys like uh lego too i yeah, like lego I like, I like fantasy books you guys want to you guys want to chat about the new brandon sanderson sunlight yeah. novel that i just finished you, guys then you don't really that? care if you're getting slammed slammed on by some dude who's way better than you or you're just yeah. dunking on noobs all day you're you're still having some good conversation about fantasy and stuff right yeah so I agree, I agree with a lot of the points you made, but 
I think it's a lot more complicated. And it is complicated. Needs to, it needs to be improved for sure, though. Yeah, it's one of those things where there isn't like a blanket statement that can really fix it. It's sort of like, yeah. I like this idea more, but there's probably a bunch of nuance that I'm not thinking about or that also has to be happening for it to ultimately work out the best for everybody. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, anyway, I mean, people seem to be liking the mechanics of the game in general, but it's just such a weird... I don't, it's not a good look for COD. <laughs> it's not. It's, I mean, I think this is probably just going to hold them over until the next one, and I'm, I'm assuming they're hoping that that one will just hit it out of the park because this one was not well received, and it's getting dunked. I don't think it's a 4 out of 10. I don't think it's that bad, but it definitely deserves the criticism that it's getting, especially yeah. for the campaign. I will, you know what? I want to give them some credit for um, whipping together a game last minute like 18 <laughs> months or something like that yeah. whipping out a game that's technically a game you know it's not like it's not as good as their other games but it is a game and you're yep. like wow because i mean if dice tried to do it it'd be it wouldn't work <laughs> you know we've seen them try and we, do we, it we've, and it doesn't we've literally work. seen them do it. it was 20 battlefield 2042 yeah yeah and it just didn't work as a game you were like did anybody play test this before you launched it no all right cool pretty much yeah so matt you want to hear more about star citizen <laughs> <laughs> oh boy let's go i, saw, I feel like i, I should wear a like bit. a mormon outfit for this and just like <laughs> yeah. try and really sell Got it to some you time to talk about a lord and savior star citizen yeah uh, the game is at $630 million revenue right now. It's it's cranking it up during the big sale month. Ah. The multi-thousand dollar spaceships are selling out in like a second. They go on these little sets. How are they selling out? It's a digital product. Well, because, okay, they're not letting people buy as many as they want. They are trying to semi-regulate the distribu distribution of the super massive ships in the game. Because they don't want everybody to just have a, a capital ship, you know? Oh, okay. In theory. And the thousands of dollars isn't it enough of a deterrent to make sure you, that not I everyone... Know. Well, I mean, Jason's in chat and he owns two javelins. Well, he's ridiculous and he doesn't count. Yeah, he doesn't... Well, yeah, I know. Well, the I don't know. The whales are like this How phenomenon. many whales are there? A lot. I was doing the math, actually. So... There's 4.9 million people who have bought at least a basic game package of Star Citizen. I'm one of them. Yes. And the game has raised, raised about $630 million, which breaks it down to an average of about $128 per person. Well, the average person did not spend $128 on the game. Nope. Like, you got to wonder how much that's weighted towards the whales. Like, because whales yeah. are spending... Um, I mean, like, there's rewards at like twenty five thousand dollars spent, and what I, do they get a? Uh, they get a spaceship skin, Matt. I'm not even kidding. A singular spaceship skin. Congratulations! And, you spend enough money to fund basically someone for an entire year. And I, a skin. I have seen multiple of those skins in game. So <laughs> there's obviously bunch of people spending 20 i mean that 25 grand eats up a lot of those you know 128 dollar 
pays, you know. There's a lot of right. people that only spent 45 to get into the game yep. and haven't spent I would a say penny probably more. the majority of people have only spent yeah. 45. So I think the whale is the whales are like a huge portion of the overall game funding. Um and so I I don't know how it works with the big ships, but they regulate them to a certain degree, but they also don't give us the numbers of how many they've sold. So they're like, "Yeah, we're uh, regulating it." And you're like, "Yeah, but by how much it's sold out mm-hmm. yeah are there a hundred thousand mm-hmm. people with javelins like we don't no, know <laughs> there's there's no way no i don't i think that would be crazy that would be too that much. would be wild but um the sales doing really well they they launched a ship with um international aerospace expo which is the event that they do right now they okay. launched a new alien ship called the sulin and i was it, watching you play with it it is cool dude it is, um, it flies, it's neat takes that it's not vertically. Your, yeah, it's neat that it's not just a standard ship that we would see on, like, Earth. It's very alien looking. Yeah, I've been wanting, like, I've we've known for a long time that they have a bunch of alien races in the game. They have, like, three main ones and then, like, mm-hmm. a few little offshoot races here and there. But yeah, the three main ones all have very distinct looking spaceship designs and... I'm just, I'm really attracted to that because currently the ships in the game right now look like Top Gun in space. You know, most of them are like, here's your jet fighter with the guns on it. Which is cool. It's cool. I like them. But it's also, it gets a little boring after a while because you're like, how many more jet fighters in space can we have before you're like, it's another jet fighter in space. This latest one looks like a jellyfish. Like, it looks like Starmie from Pokemon. Okay, I think I know what that one is. Yeah. Don't pretend like you don't know. It's Misty's Pokemon, Matt. The the star. It's been a while. It's been a while. Is it Star I... Me or Star You? It's one of those. I don't know. One is the evolution of the other. Okay. I think you star have kids. Me. I don't. I can't remember. Okay. Okay, Matt. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> remember. I used to be really into it back when I was a kid, and it's been a long time. It's fair. It's fair. I know what it looks like, though. I got you. Yeah. So it's like a weird jelly jellyfish. It lands on its on the back, basically. It lands vertically like a rocket ship would. Uh-huh. And uh, it's interior. It's got this cool space. It just looks like a fun ship to make your own, where you've got all this interior space and the toilet folds out of the wall in this like crazy alien form, and the toilet paper roll like emerges from the wall and like ten panels like move That's around and animate. Cool. Like, dang, these aliens know how to go to the bathroom, man. <laughs> I tell ya. <laughs> I like how it's all, it's just a toilet, though. It's just a normal toilet. I know. I was like, how many dev dollars went into this toilet? Because yeah, uh, that's a a, this seems like an expensive ship to design, and it's a single-seater. It's not like a giant capital-class ship that you're like, I can see why this would take so much time and money. It's like a single-person ship. Um it's really cool, man. I well, like it. What this makes me want now is because what? you're in space, right? You don't need to have a ship that looks like a, a jet fighter, right? You can, yeah. it can just be, so it can I want to have cube, right? Yeah. I was like, why don't we have cubes or what are those things that uh, there's a, a name for it? It's basically a donut that spins around. So it kind of gives you that centrifugal force. So oh, it gives sure. you the sense of yeah. gravity, right? Uh-huh. Uh, stuff like that. N- now, uh, feature creep star citizen bases in space right yeah we don't even need to go on the ground we have like a base in space floating around planets that we can land on dock have our have all of our crafting stations up or whatever our loot and put in space 
I like it. Well, there are some ships that are uh, designed to not really land on uh-huh. planets and stuff. Or they're like, yeah, they're like, this is just too big. Don't take it down to a planet. Like, right. just keep it in ammo. The The latest hauling ships are never, aren't designed to really land in atmosphere. Mm, so okay. that's kind of cool. I like that mechanic where I'm like, yeah, yeah, why would you, why would every ship have to be able to land on a planet's surface? Like, no, some are just going to hang out in space and that's cool. Yeah. We'll call them spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> wow whoa for space crazy only. yeah um hair tech is coming into the game next major patch matt i know you're excited about that <sighs> very excited they're very excited about it too based off of how long they talked about it at their recent event <clears throat> 30 minutes to hair it is the best looking video game hair i've ever seen but it's also video game hair it's also video game hair yeah um there's a couple other cool ships that came out the but um yeah, they're just generating a ton of money right now. Last year was record breaking and it seems like they might match last year, which would be crazy. They did 113 million dollars in funding last year. And uh wow. Yeah, it's pretty wild stuff. I'm getting excited for it, but um the major major patch that everybody's waiting on is replication layer separation, which is like blow up the servers and see what happens. Um Gotcha. Yeah, I well, don't good really... luck to them. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But uh, that's the latest on Star Citizen. Cool alien spaceships and uh, lots and lots of money. Yep. We've gotten our we've gotten our weekly update on Star Citizen. You're welcome. <laughs> You're, we're building that Star Citizen fan base. It's gonna I give be. The you, peop- I give you a hard time, but I, I don't mind listening to <laughs> about Star Citizen. I think it's a cool game. Yeah, I know that I sound like the crazy Kool Aid dude over here. Like, come on, a guys. But you know what? When it's when it's the next big game that everyone's playing, nobody you're gonna will be care. the crazy Kool Aid guy. But you're gonna be playing the yeah. cool game. I'll be like, I was here before. It was cool. Yeah, I was here first. Yeah. yeah. Look at my <laughs> exactly. cool skins that I got from being a beta member or whatever. Uh huh. We're not even in beta yet, actually. So I don't know what. Is member it technically I- still alpha? Oh yeah. <laughs> And it's not even like close to beta. You're like, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> we don't no, have no, no. the base game systems no, in yet. No, no, no. Yeah. 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 So that's been fun. Been playing a little more Forza. Cool. Is that going well with the wheel still? Yeah, it is. I um I decided to mess around with the um 1990s era Formula One cars, and holy okay. God, are they fast! <laughs> it's like yep. a different game entirely the acceleration on them is just unreal i prefer so when i played that i prefer kind of like middle of the road i don't like the older cars or even like your normal like technically would be a fast car um i kind of like your i like to race right and i like the semi-fast but i don't want to go like f1 where it's just what's semi-fast like a like a bmw like m2 or something somewhere around there yeah okay um just so you got some speed, you feel like you're going. Um, cause when I do the races where it's like the C and B tier, it's a little slow. It's still fun, but I feel like I'm, it's just taking a long time getting around the course. And yeah, I kind of like some pep when I get going, you know, yeah. but I also have been playing more multiplayer. And if you go too fast and yeah. you've got these races where people just are not 
courteous at all and they just will slam into you because <laughs> it's just they they can't control the car and i can't control the car it's too quick yeah yeah the f1 cars are uh, it's insanity you you slam on the gas and you're just like i have like you see the seconds broken up into milliseconds basically you're just yeah. like i have like between zero and point zero zero one milliseconds to hit the brake at the right time or the car is going to go flying off the road or i'm not going to make the turn or i'm going to like lock my brakes or whatever yep. and it just the racing becomes so much more than just turning the wheel at the right time you're just like mm -hmm. dear god it the timing is insane but it does give me an appreciation for the guys who do it professionally i'm like god you put your life behind the wheel of these things my god <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean they build up to it but hi i have a lot of respect for those guys now because i just assumed it was you turn the wheel you slow down at the right time and it is technically that on a basic level but there is so much more involved like literally like the different elevations like if you mm -hmm. crest over a hill you've got no you have literally no downward force on your wheels because your car is going slightly up so there's no re you're not going to get any grip to turn at all. And then when you go down on the hill, that's when the turn will actually happen. And that's all things they have to think about. Things yeah. like that. Well, did you see the, um, the movie about, what was it called? The um, Gran Turismo movie that I was talking to you about a no, while back? I never, I never had a chance to watch. The, the thing that happened to him in real life, and this is like a thing on this one race course, is as they crest over a hill... Sometimes mm -hmm. there's like a breeze that comes over the top and his car literally went airborne, just flying, just driving wow. straight as he went over the hill and it flipped in the air and he like went into the stands and like killed the person. It was insanity. Gee, like, was that a real story? Yeah, that happened Holy in real hell. life, dude. It's pretty insane. That, and horrible. they have footage of it. And like in the movie, they show it and it's like the most insane thing I ever saw. And I was like, couldn't have been this in real life looked up the thing in real life and you're like oh my god his car flies into the air just from wind getting under it when he was coming wow. over a crest of something was he wasn't even turning he was going straight right right yeah thing went airborne it's pretty wild when, when was this uh Do you know? i don't know no i don't want to guess 20 30 years somewhere in there yep okay cool <laughs> cuz i know a lot of there's been a Random. lot cuz they you would have moments where they would go up i knew that um, but I think there's been a lot of technology and a lot of thought put into make sure that does not happen anymore. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, they might have even had to redesign that course a little bit there or something, yeah. you know, um, it does. <laughs> yeah. Wind wind definitely does happen. Um, but I think like last year we were watching maybe it's the Italian Grand Prix and one of the cars was just got hit by a gust of wind at the wrong moment and just completely lost traction went flying off the track. And you're watching the guy and you're like. It doesn't even look like he did anything crazy and just he's flying mm -hmm. off the track all of a sudden you're like oh okay yeah really strong wind at just the worst possible time and you just I lost mean, you the grip you can experience how potent wind can be by just driving your car normally like if you're just sitting at a stoplight mm -hmm. and you're just you, you just have cars going down the road the other side you can literally feel your car getting yeah. buffeted by just that yeah, right? now you combine that with going around 200 miles an hour and your car weighs nothing compared to yeah. other vehicles. <laughs> like become, you, become a sh you become a ship? Yep. Literally. A spaceship. Yep. A spaceship. An airship, yeah. briefly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the F1 Grand Prix in um, Vegas was really cool. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch. It, I did see a, I did a, see a video. I did see a video of this security guard 
yelling at people. There's like a bridge that was going over it, but it was blocked off by like, I don't know, some cloth or something. And then some people were trying to watch and he was yelling at them like, no, you didn't pay for this. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bit of, there was a bit of fan drama where people got kicked out of the stands at the, at a weird moment and they had mm. paid to be there. And I don't know that like, there are some things that were not handled well. One of the biggest dramas of the race was during practice, uh, which is a couple days before the race. They're, they're trying out the cars, trying out the track, trying out moves and passing on other drivers and stuff just to get a feel for it, make sure, because it's a brand new circuit too. So practice uh -huh. was especially important for this one. Right. Um, it was, uh, I want to say Carlos Sainz, uh, a racer for Ferrari, was going like 200 miles an hour down the Las Vegas Strip. And the suction from the car, I guess the air force from the car as it's going down the strip, pulled a manhole cover off of the road and it like exploded his car. And... <laughs> oh my god and they had to rebuild the whole car and replace the engine and they penalized him for having to replace the engine because it's in the rules that if you replace your car engine you have to take a penalty and everybody's like i mean but the track exploded like come on it wasn't his fault How? i get there's there's rules for a reason and rules need to be abided by but i feel like there should be like yeah, how there is needs this to not be a, thought of? You yeah, know? there needs to be like a judge council that's like, yeah. okay, we're gonna give him like, a yeah, pass no, on this totally one. that's totally fine, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, is there probably is like a council, and they probably even still ruled on it because like, no, it's in the rules. Yeah, right there. there is some sort of like they get a certain number of like appeals or something like that. I can't remember mm -hmm. what it is, so maybe they used them up. I'm not really sure, but um, it's still wild. It was wild to watch it because you're he's just driving in a straight was line. He okay? Yeah, but the damage it caused, you're like, if this had happened differently, he could be dead because right. it's a manhole cover, 200 mile an hour speed difference. I think they're going 220 on some of the straights. It was insanity. That's so So you're fast. just like, yeah, that's a giant piece of iron, basically, of steel that just collides with your car going 220. Like, and your car is made out of like fiberglass right like it's just gonna yeah. explode so dude i can't imagine traveling this i uh, the fastest i think i've gone uh i think it was like in high school or something my friend was driving and he he went like 100 miles an hour and that was way too fast for me you know yeah i did some dumb stuff when i was younger <laughs> i'm i'm embarrassed to admit it but i had this um i bought a toyota tercel at a at a high school Okay. Possibly the lamest car you can get, but I, it's... I don't even know what it... I Toyota what? Yeah, exactly. Toyota Tercel. Ter... It's, okay. No air conditioning, Ooh, no... Look at that! Speed Demon! Oh my god, Type that's... in a Forest Green Toyota Tercel, Matt, Forest if you want to see green. what I was driving. Oh! Yeah, you can imagine I got some I action in that, dude. Yes, I'm sure all <laughs> the ladies and the men were all over you on that one. I think Damn. I got it for like eighteen hundred dollars. Well, that's, I would imagine it was relatively inexpensive. Yeah, uh, I took that one up to one twenty on the highway. What? <laughs> and uh, it was doing that thing where, like, all of a sudden you're starting to get like <laughs> vibrations in the car, and you're like. Yeah. I better back off before this I whole thing explodes. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised you didn't it just, just, you know, fall apart on you. Holy hell. Looking back on it, I'm like, oh, that could have been like the very last moment of my life. Um, yep. Probably should have slowed it down a little bit. But yeah.
It was just a nice open stretch of highway on a clear California day, and I just no just one let else was loose, around. Matt. Just let loose. I was just living life. Loose. I was living yeah. life. I was YOLO. It's a high schooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but, I'm glad uh, nothing wrong happened. Bad happened. Me, me too. Me too. Something wrong happened, but nothing bad happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. wrong to take that poor car at 120 <laughs> miles an hour. Yeah. It didn't deserve that. It didn't deserve it. I was just like, let's see what this baby can do. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I <clears throat> missed that car. No power steering. It kind of was fun to drive. To you honest. had no power steering and you were going 120. I mean, at that speed, it doesn't matter, dude. You're just, I yeah, you're just holding on like, true. easy, baby. That's, that's true. There's I mean, like if you need steam to turn valves any... bursting through the dashboard and stuff. Yeah. From... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turn into a movie and put the Inception soundtrack behind you, you know? Yeah. I love that soundtrack so much. I know. Well, then everything oh, sorry, started. Interstellar, Interstellar soundtrack, my bad. <clears throat> okay. Was both the are, Interstellar one was different but they still had a lot of the like deep tones yeah. and stuff right the interstellar sound th that movie it's it's a decade old now i think too i think i've only seen it once i, I love it i, I should it probably so say i mean i i know it pretty well i think this is why i haven't seen it again because i was like yeah i got all the points of it like it was good yep um it's one of my favorite movies so oh really mm -hmm. is there I more did, nuance to it like the second time through you notice new uh, things? I wouldn't really say there was more nuance, <laughs> but it's just such a well, it's just such a well-made movie, and there's so many great human moments, and the mu the music really sells it too. In those moments that are, it's it's like cool epic. Yeah, and I love when you know people are fighting. It's just I love it so much. And cool, fun sci-fi ideas yeah. too. It's not like your traditional space movie. It's like here we're gonna deal with space time and like in a semi-realistic or in like in a way that we're at least trying to treat it like a real thing as opposed to like a delorean going 88 miles an hour you know yep yeah and it and, and the movie devastated me like freaking wrecked me too oh yeah so. yeah the scene with matthew mcconaughey when he's watching mm -hmm. his daughter grow up I mean, and then i was all in after that i was like i was so invested in the characters at that point it 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 won it was solid. I what is Christopher Nolan working on now? He just did. Did you see the the didn't Oppenheimer? See, didn't see Oppenheimer. No. Okay. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, he 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 is annoying me with his use of sound, though. I will say. I don't know if you saw Dunkirk. I did. Yeah, Dunkirk was quite loud. Um, mm. I don't know, like in the theaters especially, like it mm -hmm. just gets crazy. But even watching uh, Oppenheimer. Or something like that on like a home system is still the the sound is crazy and he uses it to build anxiety. But Oppenheimer was also like kind of relentless with some of the anxiety building audio that he had in it, where it's just people like reflecting or reminiscing, but it's like this intense audio all the time. It's uh it's effective, I but love I was like it's Nolan. too much. As he's sometimes. probably yeah, he's probably one of my favorite directors. He's probably my favorite director. Um, but I agree that his audio choices. Are probably his weakest attribute because he just he seems so dead set on like the early his earlier films had moments where you just couldn't understand what they were saying and yeah. he makes the argument well that's like well maybe like you're not supposed to necessarily because the main character is maybe having a hard time understanding them too it's like i'm watching a movie i want to be able to understand the dialogue right yeah and so i found that really strange about him 
So it doesn't surprise me that Oppenheimer takes some of that to yeah. another level or, you know, just continues on with that trend. I'm a big fan of him because he's a filmmaker that's trying to do stuff differently. And that's always yep. interesting, even if yep. it doesn't always work. I found Tenet really hard to try and enjoy. I wanted to like Tenet. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is going to be awesome. And then I just <laughs> walked away confused and baffled. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I could watch that again and try and figure it out like everybody did with Inception, you know? Inception right. came out and you're like, that was fun and crazy. And I want to. I want to see it again to try and figure out the nuances of it. And well, then I think would. that's what's so great about a well-crafted, one of those mystery sort of yeah. mind-bending movies is that they, the, the, the crumbs were laid well along the way and they're big enough that when you, when the twist happens, like the, what was his, um, God, what was it called? Memento? Not, I haven't seen Memento, I should. Uh, what was the the magician one? What is it? What is that called? Do you know oh, what I'm talking the about? The Prestige. The Prestige. Yeah, Prestige is fantastic because you you're like, oh yeah, that makes so much more sense of why yeah. everything was happening. When it all comes together, you're like, oh. So a second time viewing would enhance it because then you're going to really notice all of those moments, but you still notice the moments because they were prominent, right? Yeah. And then if if they don't, it's not executed that well. You probably have a movie like Tenet where you're like, what? What? <laughs> I don't know what it was about Tenet. I think it was he was trying to make it too confusing and he uh-huh. succeeded to the point where <laughs> it was so confusing that by the end of it, I was like, I would have to get out a notepad on the second viewing because it's mm-hmm. just everything as you're like, wait, what? I was lost a third of the way into the movie. You know, I was like, I have no idea what's happening. So everything beyond this point is chaos and Just i'm normally confusion. i'm normally somebody who's pretty keyed into what's going on with a film like i'll watch with my wife and she'll be like what's happening i'm like oh it's because he said the thing earlier and now they're talking about you know i know yeah. exactly the points of right. what's going on tenant was just like huh i have no, I, I have no yeah. idea yeah <laughs> by the end of it i was like i don't don't it, think you're alone it was the yeah. big it was one of his i wouldn't say yeah i'd say it was one of his weaker films i think for the most part yeah people weren't as enthralled Did you with get it, it as his other no, I haven't seen it yet. No. He's one of your favorite directors. Go I watch know, his movies. Because I'm just lame and I don't go watch movies anymore. <laughs> you don't even have to go <laughs> anywhere. You can just hit rent. Just hit rent. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> <laughs> well, I'm sure you didn't watch it because of all the glowing reviews it got. People were that like, was I don't reason. understand. Yeah. That was another reason, yeah. Have you seen the Ridley Scott memes going around from his Napoleon movie? It's like... um. It's Ridley Scott's basically become kind of like a grumpy old man and just has had it with oh. like our generation, if you will. Is is he the one complaining about like superhero movies and stuff? I'm sure he has at some point. I think most older so what, directors what are the memes? have. Oh, what are so the memes? he's he's coming out with Napoleon soon, right? That's his okay. big movie. Yeah, it looks actually, cool. Yeah, it looks cool. Um, but people are criticizing it for historical inaccuracies and like his responses are all just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> good basically good. yeah good i, I kind of like it damn? to be honest because i'm just like well i'll judge the movie when it comes out you know i'm not going to take somebody else's word for it ahead of time or whatever like i'll, I'll go watch it because right. i'm a big enough ridley scott fan that I'll, I'll watch the film but i guess there's scenes where like he was he's doing he's, things in the movie that just he never did and ridley scott's he'll just say something like shut up nerd or something like that you know that's you great know? I'm like, whoa, okay. It's I'm a movie okay about a historical like, figure, but as long as it's not 
wildly inaccurate you know yeah well it's, it's you got to walk that line right like is because it's not a documentary right it's you're, you're not, it's not a it's not a history piece necessarily where they're really trying for accuracy it's still a movie trying to entertain people yeah so i understand you know moving things around it's one of the issues i have with book adaptations right everyone wants it to be exactly like the book well it's like if you want it exactly like the book just read the book yeah there's going to be discrepancies you're never it's never going to be exactly the same it's not it's not a religious text yeah and it doesn't need to be so i'm okay with things being moved around yeah well it's funny that usually the criticism is like oh it's not as good as the book right uh, right but i started reading the expanse books which are good i like them mm -hmm. i enjoyed the show enough that i was like i'm gonna go read the books now because i want more expanse and i want more context yeah and I was like, I think the show actually solved a lot of the problems that the books had a little bit better. And Interesting. Yeah, it was like the guys were huge fans of the book, and then they were like, you know what, the the motivations for these characters don't totally make sense, or there's a couple plot holes here with like why they're doing these things. And then mm -hmm. they fixed it in the show. And then I was thinking back while I was reading the book, I was like, oh, I like how they actually fixed it in the show. Like, the show makes more sense. So that's like one of those few experiences where I was like, I think the show just did a better job ultimately. I also feel like it anchored, and I'm not saying that you're not that you're wrong. Um, I'm just saying I, I noticed that something that I do is that if I if I listen to a cover of a song before I listen to the main song, I like the cover more than the main song. Like whatever I watch first or whatever I I consume first anchors me to that. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Um. So I, I'm not saying that happened to you, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if that would, if I had a similar reaction. It's like, I loved the show. I love the movie, whatever. And then I go read the thing. It's like, oh, well, this is different. And it's not what I, it's not like the things that I liked, right? Yeah, I know. You'll never know, right? Because you're like, I don't know how my brain, like, I think this is how my brain works, but who knows yeah. where my, my preferences lie truly. Yeah. Truly. That's cool though that they, I've also heard similar reactions to the show and the books that they have. It was, it's the show was so good too though. Like that's the thing. It was it was excellent. so well done. Excellent. And the, I think the cinematography really helps sell a lot that you can't get it. You you just don't get that in the book, right? Yeah. You, How do you, you make spaceship combat that's happening at like thousands of miles away from each other? How do you make that cool? Well, they right. showed it really cool. Like they made it right. look really cool. Exactly. Yeah. They follow the missile as it comes out of the ship and then flies through space. And then you see the countermeasure fire coming at it and like other missiles exploding and then the impact. And you're like, whoa, that was cool. Even though the ships can't see each other and they're thousands of miles away, I still get to understand the nuances of space combat to a degree. I would always get so hyped during those scenes too. Oh my God. God. They're so epic. I, I love the nuance of that show too, because I always wondered why they were they would arrive at a planet like Mars and their ships would be backwards, right? They would have their propulsion facing the planet. I'm like, why are they? It's because they're slowing down, right? Yeah. They're just using the propulsion, of the the big engine to slow down. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense now. Well, also, it did just you looks catch? So bizarre. Did you catch how they do it? So there's no artificial gravity in the expanse. So. Uh -huh. They generate the gravity by accelerating at 1G towards their uh -huh. destination. And then when they're halfway there, they flip the ship and start decelerating at 1G. So they always oh. have one Earth's gravity on the ship. And that's why they're built vertically. Right? Oh, I so, never caught that. 
Isn't that cool? That's so cool. And then in combat, they all strap in and they're like, shit's about to get crazy. Like G-forces right. in every direction, put on your spacesuit, we're venting right. the ship. Uh, it's just like that. Those that's are the details awesome. that you're like, that's cool as heck, that's you know? That's really cool. Yeah. Dude. It's such a good show. I know. I, I want. Love, I love sci-fi. I wanted more of the expanse. Like it kind of left. It definitely left me wanting more at the end. I was like, that yeah. was an okay conclusion, but come I'm glad on. It I'm glad that at least they gave it a, at least a shot at the conclusion, right? Like they wrapped up most of what was happening, and I'm happy with it. Like it was. It's about the journey, right? It's not always yeah. about the destination. Dude, how how on board would you be for like them showing like one of the earlier Martian Earth Wars or something like that? Oh, like a show about oh yeah. that? I would be down. Sign up for that in a second, man. Mm -hmm. Or completely shift gears and give us a Red Rising sh show. Red Rising? Red Rising is a it's one of my favorite books. Uh, it's a science fiction novel and it's uh -huh. fantastic. Basically, the solar system has been um it's it, it's been populated right it's been colonized yeah. by and but they have a social structure of different colors of groups of people so you have the golds at the top and then it goes all the way down to reds and like you know everything in between and it's about a guy at the bottom who lives on mars and doesn't realize that there's all of this above him and uh yeah it's sick it's so good oh nice that's like classic asimov era like sci-fi stuff which is like class class-based warfare and social structure stuff but yeah. all told from the perspective of sci-fi yeah which is fun it's, it's a great it's a great medium for analyzing those concepts because you realize you have so much ingrained prejudices with our current social structures right. that it's hard to remove yourself from it. And then you go, well, this is a different planet somewhere, so we're going to explain to you how the social structures work. And then you're like, oh, I'm looking at it with fresh eyes now, and I see how this is a conundrum or this is like a, a problem with the way that we organize things, you know? Yeah. Those are always the best. I'd highly recommend Red Rising. The first book is a little hunger gamey, which I some people may not be that might okay. turn them off a little bit, but um if it gets it, better after that, that's pretty impressive. Well, I wouldn't say it gets it, it's it's not necessarily better, it's just different and yeah. it's it's even the hunger gamey part is fantastic. Gotcha. Um, it, it might for me at least. I I loved it. Cool. Good highly recommend. All right. I I highly recommend the Honor Harrington books. If you, I think they would sort of be in your vein in that they they read a little bit like fantasy novels, which okay. would be kind of more of a. It's like The Expanse in a way, but with a little bit more of honor and duty type stuff built into it. So it's kind of got fantasy era stuff of like there can be duels with swords and stuff like that but they're still flying spaceships and engaging people at like a hundred thousand kilometers away like like you would in the expanse uh-huh um so it's kind of um it's sort of like horatio hornblower which are like books about naval warfare oh, okay. um, with old wooden sail ships and, and stuff like that but in space and there's like a billion books but they're they're all pretty fun like i i've enjoyed i think i read like 11 of them um god damn and there's more i just stopped at a certain point i was like i can't you know it's god like it's too damn. many but those are good i think you might like this i'm gonna have to check them out by the way this is a uh, gaming podcast <laughs> do we play games here 
<laughs> I see that you played uh, Azonzo. Was that any good? So I played Azonzo and uh, RoboQuest. Uh, Azonzo I played before. It's a World War One FPS game that really leans more into being World War One. So like Battlefield One yeah. was a and Azonzo kind of... is the Italian front because yes. they've made. Tannenberg and like a bunch of other ones that explore different fronts of World War One, and Azonzo is the Italian front, and they just right. launched a DLC that's like snowy Alps or something, mm -hmm. right? They had a free they had a free weekend, and the game was on sale, and then that allowed them to boost their players significantly because before I think they were only having maybe a couple hundred, mm -hmm. which isn't great. And I think they got up to like 4,000, something like that. So yeah. 3,000, it was, it was a good boost. So I played that. It was enjoyable. It's, it's very basic in the sense that everyone's using bolt actions for the most part. And it's, you're going to get absolutely wrecked because that was World War One, right? Yeah. It's more true to form in that sense. And the people that know the maps dominate you too. Oh, dominate. Yeah. Because you're just They'll like, where did I die from? Yeah. They'll be in that perfect spot. You'll have no idea where they are. And you're just getting taken out over and over and over again. Yeah. The game that I was really impressed by, though, was um, RoboQuest. Have you heard of that at all? No. It's basically a roguelike. So you each match is pretty much you start start from scratch. You get upgrades as you go. So you eventually still you get more stronger, better weapons. Um, you can be uh, can be found and stuff. But you're basically this robot, and you're killing other robots. But it's just really well done for an indie game it it's tight there's good combat there's plenty of different build variety i was pleasantly surprised i'm even playing it off stream i'm enjoying it so much what yeah i know i know i didn't know you played I, games off stream matt i do i do occasionally play games off stream it's a first person shooter i'm sort of looking yeah, it's it up an now okay yeah so it's got a fair amount of bosses it's got decent decent amount of levels it starts to get a bit repetitive once you kind of understand like the flow of it but it's got like branching paths you can take different paths to get to the end uh there is a final boss i haven't beaten the final boss yet because it just starts throwing like a million things at you and it's completely overwhelming but i've i've liked it it takes about 40 minutes to get to the final boss so it's a bit of a commitment and I don't think there's a way to like pause and come back later. Like if you, mm. so you kind of have to commit to a run. Yeah. But I, I've, I've really enjoyed it because it gives you that sense of progression where you start off with just like a pistol. And then by the end, you're playing as this class who is immune to damage for like four seconds. Uh, <laughs> while you're immune, you deal like your increased rate of fire. You deal more damage. Uh, you instantly reload by like meleeing the enemy, which ha now has a ranged attack to it. So you don't even really have to melee them. You just have to click the button and aim yeah. at them. And all of it compounds into this really interesting build that makes you feel like a god. And yeah, it's, they've That's done awesome. a really good job with it. Dude, the roguelike formula is, it's brilliant. Like when it's done well, mm -hmm. you're just like, this is so smart as a game yep. design. Like you didn't have to make 50 billion levels. Right. You kept me entertained by the way that it evolves and changes each time I play it. Like, I probably put more hours into Hades, you know, than I that have. That was the first like, thing I thought of. Most like AAA shooters that have come out recently. Like Hades was just I just kept going through it and through it and through it, and it's, it's enjoyable each time. You get a little more story. You're getting better abilities and all this other stuff, and you're like. Yeah, it's just great, you know? Can't and wait for Hades, too. It's, it's just the v variance in not only the enemies you fight, but 
you have to approach it differently based off of the weapon that you have and the build that you have, right? Yeah, and you can't guarantee that you're going to do the same thing the next time because you're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, that worked pretty well, but I died because maybe I picked the wrong upgrade or or I just screwed up here or something. But yep. then you're like, well, I'll do it an- another time. You're like, well, you, you have completely different abilities now and you got to re-strategize a bit. And the more you play, you can be like, okay, like... I remember this build, like, I'm going to try this build here and we'll go for this. You know, you can strategize a little bit more, but in the start, you're usually just like experimenting. You're like, I don't know. I got like some sword that shoots lightning and like all this other stuff. I think it's good, but it's, uh, yeah, there's so much depth to that game. It's, it's fantastic. I'm right there with you. And it's one of the reasons why I've enjoyed, uh, RoboQuest. I think it's all, it's a very pleasant surprise. That's cool. I'm glad that there's, I hope. I hope roguelites are just like a thing forever. Like I don't see them going anywhere yeah. necessarily. They're, I think my first great. my first love was like FTL. My my first roguelike love. My first my first love. Oh. Yeah. Well, I just like was it was one of those games where you start playing it and I don't know how many hours went by, but it was unhealthy. Oh, it was just like oh. I was it just sucks like, you in. Yeah, I was just like, I've been playing a 2D pixel art game for like 14 hours, you know, just something crazy. And yep. I was just like, I don't know what happened to me, but this is the greatest game ever made. And it, it has that one more run kind of mentality. It's like, oh, just one more run. Yeah. Just one more run. Yeah, for sure. And then the first time you beat it, beat it, you're just like, oh my God, yes, I did it. And then if it gives you that reason to try it again, which a good roguelike will, then you'll, then it's just, it gets crazy after that. <laughs> yep. Love those formulas, man. <sighs> well, um, anything else to play? I'm just like waiting for more Star Citizen to happen. See if Battlefield announces season seven at some point. Yeah, I saw the hint that there might be a seventh, uh, seventh season, but we don't know nothing confirmed just hints yeah i will probably find out what the next battlefield game is you know before that they're gonna start teasing it i mean we are it's gonna be i'm I'm assuming this is gonna be next year pretty much a year from now i don't think they can go too much longer (laughs) before the fan base is like hey do something poking it with a stick play move yeah Let's they see also it. have they also have a lot of money wrapped up in it and if there's one thing that i know about ea is they're not just gonna keep putting money into it hoping that it it turns out well they're it gonna stop out. at some point so there's a time limit we'll mm-hmm. just say there they, they they don't have forever to make the best battlefield game ever they have probably until holiday season next year would be my guess yeah Um, So it kind of feels like we're wrapping up here before we go. Did I mention blue eye samurai last time? I mentioned it. I thought you mentioned it. Oh, so have you seen it? Or maybe I thought I mentioned it. I'm three episodes in maybe three or four. Okay. Are you liking it? I do. I like it. It's good. I I loved, I loved it. I loved, I loved it so much. You say you burned through the whole thing already. I, I went through the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to catch up on it. It's fun. I got distracted. Uh, a few times oh even jason likes it holy smokes it must be really good um it's jason. not for kids even though it's an animation no but. no i was actually surprised by how intense it got pretty quickly i was like oh wow they're not pulling their punches on this one um, there's also a fair amount of uh dangly bits too 
dangly bits which they've animated actually <laughs> yeah yeah surprisingly i'm like really okay it was i it doesn't feel like in your face about it even though it kind of is in yeah. your face about it it kind of feels more natural but well, it's well um, yeah. written. The characters are enjoyable. It's sort of like a more likable Ninja Scroll in a way, you know. Never heard of Ninja Scroll, but I'll take oh, your word on it. Oh, you are missing out, Matt. Okay. Ninja Scroll <laughs> is so hardcore. It is ridiculous. <laughs> Ninja Scroll. Yeah, it's an old anime, but it's it's solid, dude. 1993. I was 5 back then. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, this looks intense. It's just so intense, dude. <laughs> oh, every everything I see is what the hell is this rock dude eating blood? What the hell? Oh yeah, the rock guy. He's fun. Um, he's he's fun. Every everyone has like a uh, expression on all these pictures and it's just photos. so hardcore. It's like the most hardcore samurai like anime I've ever seen, and I've seen a few at this point. But but yeah, blue blue eye samurai. The art. The the characters, everything. I loved it. I thought it was very, very good. Yeah. Um, cool. I'm I'm getting the same vibe uh, being this early in the show, but it feels like it's going in a fun direction. Yeah. And the fighting's dope and like the character balances and sort of the honor and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's fun just to see because obviously it's not going for a realistic show. It's more of a vengeance adventure. It's kind but, of a kill uh, bill. Yeah, a little bit of a Kill Bill vibe to it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, Hopefully it's solid. Hopefully there'll be a season two, but it is on Netflix, so who knows whatever is going to happen on Netflix. Dude, Netflix is wild. They're making, like, the Vampire Castlevania show. They're making mm -hmm. a Witcher anime. They're making this. They're just going... I like that they're funding all these different anime projects. Some of them are, like, winners, and some of them are not as good, but... I watched a bit of the Castlevania one too, and I was like, this isn't bad, to be honest. I wasn't quite as pulled into it, but it wasn't something that I was like, this is just inherently bad. It just had a little bit of lazy fine. animation here and there that I was... It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. It was competent. Yeah. Yeah. Competent. Though that ending, though, when a certain character shows up... I won't lie. I won't lie. I kind of had a... Whoo! Whoo! <laughs> <laughs> No spoilers. No spoilers. Just excited oh, for that next season of The Witcher, like everybody else, dude. Yeah! Woo! I haven't even seen the most recent season. I just... Uh, I watched yeah. one episode and that was it. And I was like, alright, I just can't commit to it. It wasn't bad, actually. It was a decent season. But I also know nothing about the 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 books or anything. So yeah. I can't comment on accuracy or anything so That's i'm fair. just like it was enjoyable because i had zero expectations you know but it, those are some yeah. of the like more popular fantasy books out there so the opinions are intense i know not that many people like the last season yep i thought it was fine all right matt should we wrap things up here should we I'm oh down, wait we yeah. should we should tell people um thank you guys for dropping by the podcast kind of show and rambly heavy today but i like those episodes man i like when we just get into the weeds with it yeah and um thank you all to the patreon members who sign up and uh work towards that goal of getting matt that mail order bride one day she's getting hotter and hotter every day it's like ranking up uh, an rpg game you know we get a little bit more money this is the, not how this works the wife gets hotter That's this is how not it works. how this works at all well, you should check out the websites, Matt. Anyway, I... uh, <laughs> uh, 
I've made an account under your name. It's fine. Uh-huh. And- <laughs> so thank you, uh, Patreon members. If you're not a Patreon member, consider it. Check out the uh, the links. Otherwise, subscribe. Give us a like if you enjoyed the episode. Hit the little bell button to beat that YouTube algorithm. That dirty, dirty YouTube algorithm. And you'll get more words of wisdom that Matt is going to give you right now. Oh, well, this is actually going to keep being a thing. Okay. Um, so this isn't wisdom. Uh, sure. You know, uh, s- s- life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. Have a great day, everybody. <clears throat> Bye, everybody. <laughs>